If you're happy with the same old ways of dating, if you enjoy sucking at communication, and you have no desire to improve your romantic life, then our podcast might not be for you. But you want some out-of-the-box ideas to deepen your current relationships, broaden your sexual horizons, develop a better understanding of yourself, or learn more about non-monogamy, then you've come to the right place. I'm Jace. I'm Emily. And I'm Dedeker. And this is the Multi-Amory Podcast. On this episode of the Multi-Amory Podcast, we're talking about primary partners and priority in polyamory. Oh, alliteration. <laughs> alliteration. So clever. Uh, uh, yeah, so in this, we're going to talk, after our episode, two episodes ago, about solo polyamory, we've been talking with a lot of people more about hierarchy mm-hmm. and... Uh, also, you know, in other discussion groups, hearing people talk about their rules for their partners mm. or how they refer to their primary and secondary or mm. non-primary partners, things like that. And so we wanted to kind of go back and have this this bigger discussion about hierarchy itself mm. um, and about what it means to have a primary partner mm-hmm. versus just giving a relationship priority. Mm-hmm. For a long time on this podcast and in our lives, we've had a general you know, non-hierarchy stance mm-hmm. that we kind of stay away from, from strict prescriptive hierarchy. However, a lot of people... Th- hear that and then they think it means like oh that means everything's egalitarian that must mean like you treat all your partners the same or that must mean maybe your relationships are not very intense or that means that like you don't want to get married to someone or you don't want to raise kids with someone or you don't want to live with someone Um, they equate it with casual yeah, yeah 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 and so the thing is that like obviously as human beings like we all have priorities for everything, mm-hmm. um, even outside of the scope of relationships. So in this episode, we just kind of wanted to talk about that kind of fine line between what means making a relationship primary versus what means making a relationship one of your priorities. Mm-hmm. Um, and so generally, what we to kind of lay the ground, lay the ground rules. I'd, <laughs> <laughs> Lay the foundation for the, for the discussion for the field of play here <laughs> is um, uh-huh. what we tend the way we tend to explain hierarchy to people is we make a distinction between prescriptive and descriptive hierarchy. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and this is something that we got uh, from talking with Franklin Vo mm. a bunch of episodes ago mm-hmm. when we talked with him and Eve Rickert, um, and basically the difference is that prescriptive hierarchy is what most people most people are talking about when they say, oh, this is my primary partner. Mm -hmm. It's this idea that I've chosen one partner and I've labeled them primary. I've prescribed them prescriptive Mm -hmm. uh, as primary. And so then I'm going to do things to try to keep them primary, Mm. whether it's setting up rules or like making agreements that I'm going to spend more nights a week with them than anyone else, or I won't spend a night with anyone Mm -hmm. or they have to like, give permission for any other partners or mm-hmm. something like there's things put in place to try to ensure that this relationship stays above all the others. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason that prescriptive hierarchy is so popular within the, the community of non-monogamous and polyamorous people. You know, the reason is that we're kind of trained growing up that when you're in a relationship mm-hmm. with someone, they make you their number one. And like mm-hmm. you're the queen bee or the king bee, <laughs> king bee, the king bee. That's, that's not a thing. 
but you're like the queen bee or the king cobra um, <laughs> in their life. And uh-huh. so, of course, to fit other partners into that, like you got to stay as number one and then everyone else kind of has to shuffle in behind is kind of the I, assumption. I think also that a lot of people come to polyamory through uh, uh, opening up a relationship. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so coming from a monogamous relationship to opening up to an open relationship or polyamory is kind of a scary thing. It seems threatening to that relationship. And so establishing this idea of a primary partner Mm -hmm. gives a sense of security, I think Mm -hmm. is the idea. Mm -hmm. Um, It it kind of, it also, like we talked about before, it makes it more heteronormative. Mm, Like it makes it seem more like we're normal. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we We're normal. Our relationship looks almost exactly the same as it did before. Right. There's just some extra things on the side. But other right. than that, like, it's right. all the same. It's all good in the hood. And then on the other side, so that's prescriptive hierarchy. And on the other side is descriptive hierarchy. And what this is, is using the term primary or non-primary simply to describe a relationship mm. to somebody else. Mm-hmm. But it's not something that you've decided in advance. Like mm-hmm. this is my primary and anyone else is going to be not primary yeah. and I'm going to enforce that. It's just using primary as a term mm-hmm. to, to describe yeah. how you're, how like to describe the relative priority yeah. of your relationships. And that's what we want to talk about mostly on this episode is this concept of priority. Yeah. 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 And so, I mean, and the last thing is when people are using primary, non-primary, descriptively rather than prescriptively, there's kind of a sense that this is also potentially fluid. So the idea being that there can be multiple partners that you consider primary. Mm-hmm. And maybe they will stay primary throughout the rest of your life. Maybe they will not. Um, Which is really true of any kind of primary yes. partner. We just pretend that it's not yeah, when yeah, we yeah. do the prescriptive hierarchy. <laughs> Which is something that we'll get to later in the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, great. So... so Taking from that, like Dedeker was mentioning earlier, that when you talk to people about being non-hierarchical poly or, like, not having primary partners... Yeah, like not picking a primary partner. Right, right. Um, that, like, we described descriptive hierarchy of using those labels to describe your partners, but for us, like, we tend to not even use those words descriptively mm. because of how much people mm, associate mm-hmm. it with this prescriptive hierarchy yeah. of, you know, enforcing that someone stays primary. Yeah. Um, but so, so Dedeker was saying earlier that there's this assumption that when you say you're not hierarchical means that you don't want to entwine your life with someone. Mm -hmm. You don't want to like do those normal primary Mm -hmm. things, Mm -hmm. right? Like sharing and and like really tying your lives together. And so if you guys listen to our solo polyamory episode, um, one of the hallmarks of someone who identifies as a solo polyamorous means that they have multiple relationships, but they do not choose to... Uh, to do normal coupley things in any of those relationships, such as um, living together or sharing finances or raising children. That at mm-hmm. that time, they're not choosing to do that. However... Like not choosing to do that specifically with a partner. With a partner. Like looking for a partner to do that yeah, with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The thing is, though, that these things that are on the relationship escalator, as it were, you know, <laughs> these things that are the normal benchmarks of a progressing relationship... Things such as living together, sharing a bank account, having kids, you know, maybe even owning property together, maybe even starting businesses together, Mm -hmm. maybe even recording a podcast together, (laughs) Um, that those are things that are all possible to have in your relationships without necessarily designating one person primary or without creating a really rigid Mm -hmm. hierarchical system in your relationships. 
Right, exactly. An example that we talked about a little bit on that episode, which I wanted to come back to, is this idea of living together. Mm. That a lot of times the partner you live with just kind of becomes de facto your primary partner, or that you feel like they would need to be your primary partner before you would live with them, because mm. there's kind of this idea of security in having a primary partner. But like we were talking about before was this idea that you could live together with multiple partners, mm -hmm. not necessarily at the same time, mm -hmm. you know, where mm -hmm. you could live half of the year with one partner and half with another, mm -hmm. or even something more complicated yeah. than that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which yeah, people do. Which, which people, people do. do. There yeah. are lots of different options for that. Mm -hmm. Or like sharing a bank account, mm -hmm. that this isn't necessarily something you could only do with one partner. Yeah. Like maybe with a couple different partners that are very, you know, serious, committed relationships for mm -hmm. you, you could have shared accounts that you each put money into to save up to to take trips together yeah. or something yeah, like yeah. that. And with child rearing, like there are a lot of people who choose to raise their children with multiple partners mm -hmm. in their home with them. So some people that will too, choose yeah. to, you know, raise kids with their kids having a multi-parent home, mm -hmm. or some people may choose to be part of the child rearing process for another partner's kids. Right. You know, which means that they don't necessarily have to cohabit with that partner in order to be part of the child rearing process. Right. Um, and share in those duties yeah. of helping to raise that kid yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and take care of them. So, which is like, so honestly, just from a, like a modern standpoint, it's like so crazy. Like it's so outside <laughs> the whole like Norman Rockwell right. picture of like right. the small nuclear family. Yeah. However, I mean, I think it's just so important for people to know that like you can have these things, but they don't necessarily have to look that particular way and they don't all have to come from the same partner yeah definitely you know? like i think i feel like a lot of people think that like oh if i do want these things that means i have to have a primary partner or i have to designate one primary or like one partner as primary right um and like you got a wide variety of options you know those all could come from one person they could come from multiple people mm-hmm mm-hmm mm -hmm. And so to go back to all of this, like, like we're talking about sharing a house or raising kids together or, you know, sharing a bank account or starting a business together. These are not, if you, if you really did think that having like not having hierarchy meant that ev all your relationships would have to be equal. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine that if I had one partner that I felt comfortable sharing some of my finances with, that mm -hmm. I would want to do that with all of my partners. Like, that's absurd. Like, well, you know, actually, it's funny, in the in Islam, <coughs> so in Islam, like, men are technically allowed to have more than one wife. Right. It doesn't go the other way, but mm -hmm. men are allowed to have more than one wife. However, they really stress this importance of, like, if you have more than one wife, like, you need to equally take care of each of them. As in, if you buy a $2 million home for your first wife, you better be able to buy a $2 million home for your second wife. Right. Um, or all your other wives. <laughs> you're on yeah. all your other wives. Yeah. Which is kind of funny because it's, I mean, on the one side, it's kind of good because it's like ensuring like, sure, maybe you're marrying a bunch of wives, but you are got to make sure that you're taking care of all right. of them. Right. It's not like you're marrying the new one and then neglecting exactly. the old one or vice versa. But then at the same yeah. time, it's still this thing it's... of like actually strictly having egalitarian relationships is a little bit untenable. Right. So that's that's the thing is we want to stress that that just like with any people in your life, right, you don't you don't treat all of them perfectly equally in mm -hmm. terms of the amount of time that you spend or the amount of money that you spend or the amount of trust that you have in them. Even mm -hmm. I mean, I'd, I hate to go there, but it's yeah. true. You know, there are some friends I know I can count on always 100% mm -hmm. and others that like, I know I can I can sort of count on, but yeah. like <laughs> they wouldn't be the one I would call 
you know, if I'm on Who Wants mm-hmm. to Be a Millionaire and I really need them to, <laughs> to answer the phone. <laughs> is that what your inner hierarchy <laughs> is? Who, yes. is? who would I phone a friend to? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I didn't know. Uh-huh. Am I yeah. on that list? Well, well, we'll talk about that in another oh, episode. Oh. <laughs> um, well, okay, so the thing is with, with egalitarianism is that there's very few people out there who approach poly relationships actually being like, okay, two nights of the week with this person, two nights of the week with that person, two nights of the week with this person. And then if you try to get a fourth partner, you can't do it because there's not there's eight not days in a week. <laughs> um, except in that Beatles song. Yes. Um, but so there's very few people who actually take that approach. It's more what I see, especially with clients, is that, you know, when there's jealousy issues, when there's insecurity issues, that someone will ask like, okay, like, well, if you took a five-day vacation with so-and-so, you need to take a five-day vacation with me. Like, if you spent $200 mm-hmm. on a fancy dinner with so-and-so, you need to spend $200 on a fancy dinner with me. Right. And it can be really tempting, especially when we're trying to advocate for our needs, it can be tempting to kind of fight for those things. Yeah, um, so, well, that's fair for me to ask for, for Exactly. The problem being that, like, life doesn't always fit into these nice, neat little boxes. Um mm-hmm. And so, you know, over the course of your life, like your relationships will change, the importance of them to you will change depending on any number of factors, age, circumstances, um, geographic location. You know, that's one that affects me and Jace quite a lot is that (laughs) when we're not geographically close to each other, when we're on opposite sides of the planet, like, Mm -hmm. although we still prioritize each other. You know, there's our, fewer ways we can prioritize. Exactly, like prior, yeah. priority for like physical affection, the time spent physically with someone else right. changes. Right. Yeah. Right. I'm not like leaving two or three nights a week where I'm sitting at home not doing anything <laughs> so I can Skype with Dedicare. Yeah. Right. Uh-huh. Like when yeah, we're not yeah. together, we're not gonna. You know, yeah, like, just our, that our priority level is going to change. Whereas when we're together in Japan, like we are mm-hmm. right now. We see each other pretty much every day. So, you know, it it all can change over time Mm -hmm. and vary. And it's not about needing to create this idea of equality between your partners. It's more about not enforcing like a top-down hierarchy on Mm -hmm. them. But Mm -hmm. instead, like having the priorities that you want to have, advocating for yourself. Your partners can do that too. Mm. And maybe everyone's not always going to get everything they want all the time, but that's what happens no matter what. Mm-hmm. Like hierarchy doesn't fix that problem. Yeah. People just think that just it will. Just think that it does. Yeah. yeah. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. For a long time now, we've been fans of AdamandEve.com for getting sex toys or lingerie or accessories, things like that. It's just a fantastic resource with a huge selection. And now, not only do we have a fantastic offer, but we also have a promo code that will work on AdamMail.com and Eve'sToys.com, which are their site specifically for LGBTQ audiences. And our code is fantastic. It's 50% off of almost any item in the store and free discreet shipping when you use our code MULTI. Yes, we love adamandeve.com and have for years. They are our oldest and longest sponsor, and they just keep on giving great gifts to us and to our listeners. You can bring more pleasure and satisfaction into your bedroom by going to adamandeve.com, adammail.com, or evestoys.com and select any one item. It can be 
you know, an adventurous new toy or anything you desire, something fun, something sexy, whatever sounds good. So just enter offer code MULTI at checkout and you'll get 50% off almost any item plus free shipping. That's MULTI, M-U-L-T-I at adamandeve.com, adammail.com or evestoys.com. This is an exclusive offer that is specific to this podcast and it's better than any offer that is currently available on their site. So again, use code MULTI to get you not just the 50% discount, but also the 100% free shipping. Code M-U-L-T-I. Okay, back in the game. Back game on. Game. Yes. Okay, so let's talk about priority. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, you know, if you are deciding like, okay, well, I'm not going to have this strict primary, secondary, prescriptive hierarchy in my relationships. Right. But what does priority look like? Because obviously, if you're looking into buying a house and you want to like, you know, buy a house with somebody mm-hmm. and you're trying to decide, well, which, where should I live? Where should we go? Um, what should I do? You know, you're not going to ask the person you just went on a first date with what their opinion <laughs> to, is right. to to weigh in, like to really seriously weigh in on mm-hmm. where we should buy our house. Right. You know, you have priorities in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, the same way you have in the whole rest of your life with different topics. Yeah, you know? yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and so, so yeah, like you gave that example of buying a house. Um, but also in terms of your priorities, like there are things in your life that's not just, you know, who am I going to spend a little more time with, but also who am I going to, you know, like things, priorities, like, um, the commitments, I guess, is how mm-hmm. I would think of them more than just, because mm-hmm. when we say priority, people could think like, oh, that's fine for just on a whim, like, oh, I just feel like spending more time mm-hmm. with this person. Mm-hmm. But when we talk about priority, we are talking about commitments as well. Mm-hmm. And the example is, if you did buy a house with somebody, you are committed to that mortgage payment yeah. with them, <laughs> right? And so in budgeting your money every month, like that money for that mortgage together is going to take priority mm-hmm. over your free, you know, frivolous spending or taking yeah. trips or something. Well, yeah, at least yeah. hopefully you're responsible with your money like yeah. that. Uh, I mean, if you have children, of mm-hmm. course, like, yeah, yeah. not only is that child going to take priority um, in terms of your money and your time, mm-hmm. uh, but also probably the partner that you had that child with. Mm-hmm. Um, or if it's not your child, but one that you're helping raise, like mm-hmm. that family group is still going to be a priority. Yeah. And that's something you're committed to. It's not just kind of on a whim. I think mm-hmm. most people with children would say like, yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Like that's yeah. my priority above anything else. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then there's also temporary priority changes. Mm. And the example of this is like if you have a partner that's really in need for some reason. Mm. This could be, you know, struggling with an illness. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to make them a priority to be there with them. It's mm-hmm. not just like, well, you're not convenient, so I'm out. Yeah, yeah. Right? That's the thing. I mean, I've, I've witnessed, unfortunately, like some really sad situations, particularly with people who had a strict hierarchy, mm. where like maybe a secondary partner was super, super sick or like really needed help. But the primary partner was like, well, sorry, like, this was the night that we decided that we were going to spend together. So, um, right. like, you can't go take care of this other person that you love. Um, right. And so that's the thing. Yeah, is like the that's, sense of... That's what, where it can start to go Yeah, wrong. like, the sense yeah. of priority is something that's more flexible than mm-hmm. what hierarchy allows for. Right, mm-hmm. right. And but it, it's kind of the same way that, like, if one of your kids gets super, super sick... Right. Obviously, you know, you're going to spend a little more. You're going to spend a little more time taking care of exactly, yeah. and it doesn't mean that you're going to totally neglect the healthy one. Right. But it means that for a little while, like that kid needs a little more prioritization of your time mm-hmm. and energy. And the thing is, like, this all sounds like really 
basic, super common sense stuff because it is. But for some reason, when it comes to bringing in multiple romantic partners, like people get all freaked out about panic it, panic about and it, and panic about like, it. Yeah, like, well, if we don't, ha- like, if I'm not your primary partner, like, what happens if I get sick or I lose my job? Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to be convenient, and you're just going to spend all your time with someone mm-hmm. else. And and it's kind of ignoring this idea that we are still committed to our partners yes. and still love them and care yeah. about them, yeah. not just because they're convenient. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, so yeah, I mean, if someone's sick or even if, you know, in terms of money priority, if I have a partner who had some, you know, an accident happen where all of a sudden she had much less money or mm-hmm. lost her job or something, I might prioritize a little bit more of my money to... Mm-hmm you know, taking her out or, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. I'm not going to pay her rent for her or something, Mm -hmm. but like doing more nice things or, you know, buying her stuff um, if she needs them because temporarily she's in a situation where she needs that. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And that it's not to say like, that's always the person I'm going to spend more of my money on. But, you know, we, we do care about our partners and hopefully, and we talked about this on our Metamors episode on a few of our different Metamors episodes. (laughs) uh, But this idea that as a good Metamor, part of, part of what you'd want to do is support that mm. and say like, yeah, if a metamor of yours is having trouble saying, yeah, of course, like, please mm-hmm. like spend some more time with them, like support them. Cause I would hope yeah. that you would do that for, for me, me in exactly. the same situation, right? Exactly. That, that we want to care for our metamors like they're also yeah. our friends. Yeah. Yeah. So ultimately, I mean, I think the big takeaway that we would want here, which is a takeaway that we kind of come back to a, a lot, mm-hmm. which is that really like, flexibility and fluidity is going to serve you in your relationships much better than something that's a rigid structure. As in the flexibility and fluidity of priority um, Mm -hmm. is going to just kind of give more lifeblood to your relationships in general, rather Mm -hmm. than trying to keep everyone in a little box and trying to keep everyone in this hierarchy. Um, Right. Like trying to essentially force priority to happen in certain areas. And I know that this is a scary thing. And mm-hmm. a lot of people really resist this because it's so different from how their relationship's been for a long time, especially mm-hmm. if they were originally monogamous and then opened up. Um, and I get that. It is it is a scary mm-hmm. thing. It is something that you can struggle with. But if it helps, if this is at all helpful, <laughs> is to realize that that scariness simply comes from the, the scariness of that idea rather than the reality mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. That we have this idea that things like marriage make your relationship more secure. Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't actually. Yeah. Like, marriage is a symbol of, of a commitment, but the marriage itself isn't what makes your relationship secure. Mm. It's that relationship itself. And it's also the, it's not the thing that keeps it secure when it's bad, right? Like yeah. that. that yeah. And same with primary. It's uh-huh. a label we put on something or something we try to do to defend something, but really, ultimately, that relationship is what it is. Like we can't force feelings to be a certain way, but also if you have been together for a long time, you have so much history, Mm -hmm. so much old relationship energy that you don't have so much to be threatened by, (laughs) right? Like you probably are going to stay prioritized, Mm -hmm. um, you know, because of that history together, the longer Mm -hmm. you've been together, having a good relationship, Mm -hmm the more you just are going to be a priority, the more Mm -hmm. your lives are going to be intertwined. You Mm -hmm. don't need to force that to have it. So it's not like Mm -hmm. saying by taking away that hierarchy, you're going to lose all those things. Like, no, you're probably going to have them all still. You're just not going to be 
kind of forcing it and you're going to save yourself from some of those temptations to do that tit for tat sort of thinking of like, mm. well, you spent two nights with them. So you got it yeah, with yeah, me yeah. now, yeah, yeah. but it can be a little more flexible. Well, I mean, I understand why people do this is because obviously, like we said, it is scary. And there's kind of this fear of like, if I don't get a promise ahead of time from my partner that they're mm-hmm. going to make me a priority, then they won't. There's this fear that unless I right. set it up ahead of time, that I'm not going to get what I need. So there's that fear. And then I think there's also the fear of like, oh, I might have to actually ask for what I need. <laughs> Maybe, like the, yeah. the idea, Because I think there's kind of this thinking that, like, if I set this relationship as primary, that means my partner is going to automatically make all the decisions in favor of me and in favor of this relationship, mm. and I won't have to, like, actually ask for what it is that I need. Sure. Like, I'll just yeah. get it. Um, yeah, yeah. Because I think that's another thing coming in, because, you know, as relationships shift and change and relationship landscapes are in flux, you know, there might be a time where... Maybe I have to come to you and be like, hey, you know what? Actually, like, we haven't been texting as often, and I kind of like mm-hmm. that. Like, could we, like, maybe try to text more often rather than mm-hmm. fuming, like, hey, you said that I was a priority and you're not texting me. Like, right. and I know you're that you're texting this other person. Yeah. And so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> totally. You get it. Mm hmm. Um, so yeah, it leads to those kind of destructive rules or, mm-hmm. or, or trying to limit another relationship mm-hmm. out of defense of your own, yeah, yeah. uh, that, that ultimately will hurt your own relationship yeah. and possibly end it. Yeah. Uh, so, so that's kind of our big takeaway from mm-hmm. that, uh, and to end out this episode though, we want to talk about a fun little topic. Yeah. Now we're going to take for something completely different. Take a little bit of a left turn. Yes. Um, so this is from an email that we got from one of our listeners named Ivy Nelson, um, and she said, uh, I've started working on a series of romance suspense novels that will feature a polyamorous woman as the main character. Uh, I'm actually working out my own issues in polyamory, and I've found that writing about it helps deconstruct my own dilemmas. Because it's a series, I've considered making a different one of her relationships the focal point of each novel. What are your thoughts on that? Would it be better to weave all of her relationships into all of the stories? I'm going back and forth on the issue. On the one hand, focusing on one relationship will allow readers to get to know each of her partners very well over the course of the whole series. On the other hand, doing it this way almost feels like I would be sticking too close to the one relationship formula that most romance novels follow. I'd love to hear your thoughts. I'd also love to hear about some things you would enjoy seeing in a piece of polyamorous fiction. I know polyfiction is very scarce, but have you found any that you like? This is like this could be really like could be a whole topic. <laughs> you know just what we to should talk do about like poly in the media and you know what we should do when this comes out. Mm-hmm. We should put this um, this discussion question in the patron only Facebook group mm-hmm. for the Patreon subscribers because uh-huh. some of them are writers as well, right? Um, and also you know really actively contributing. Right. That would right. be a cool discussion to talk Excellent. about what we would like to see. Yeah, because we've been talking about what we'd like to see in poly video content on the yeah. web. It'd be cool to talk about this for novels as well. Yeah. yeah. That would be an awesome place for that. It's interesting. I go back and forth on her talking about making each book yeah, focus on yeah, a different yeah. relationship because I do like the idea of giving each relationship like weight and detail and giving readers a chance to mm-hmm. really know the ins and outs of that relationship. But I get how she doesn't want to fall into like just the formula of like, well, just this one relationship's important and then the others in are all one, just yeah. in this one to just kind of yeah. chop liver. I don't know. Yeah, because I wouldn't want someone to just read one book and assume that it's that it's like, well, there's obviously this primary and then mm-hmm. all these others are like casual dating, which is where people tend to go when they look at it from the My outside. My question is, how long is this series? How many partners does this yeah. woman have? <laughs> yeah. It's going to be like a 10-book series? The thought that I had was like, what about, what if each book 
rather than like each book might emphasize certain partners more mm-hmm. based or, you know like in a in the second book maybe she could get a new partner mm-hmm. and it's kind of more about like that like how that changes things with her current partners maybe she has a game-changing relationship okay, hang like on, we've hang talked on, about hang on before. though because she says okay yeah, it's a series yeah, yeah. of romance slash suspense novels yeah what is the suspense mechanic is it suspense <laughs> over her romance like well i assume it's like is you it know, a whodunit? Like she's also is a detective. A, like, <laughs> is it like, I have so many partners, I need to figure out who I promised that I would go on a date with to this thing, oh, and I, cause I, my Google Calendar crashed? Because yeah. that's a suspense novel. Yeah, that's a, like, I remember I had a date, but I don't remember who it's with, so the suspense <laughs> is like, who's going to show up? <laughs> like, I remember I told somebody Terrible. about like my schedule change, but like, who? That's ridiculous. That'd be funny You're to like ridiculous. only ten people. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> very niche. Uh-huh. Um... But, okay, so, I mean, I don't know. I think it'd be fun to deal with certain themes. Like, maybe one could be about some sort of change in a relationship, maybe brought on by a new partner Mm. uh, that, you know, she falls super in love with and Mm -hmm. kind of navigating that. Mm. Um, Maybe she could model herself after Dedeker and, like, then she starts traveling the world Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden has to deal with long-distance relationships and new partners. I could write a whole whole (laughs) romance-slash-suspense novel series about my life the past Uh ten months or so. Yeah. Um, you know, or, or whatever, like that it could be about different like themes within relationships Mm -hmm. and still kind of dealing with all of them, you know, in one of them, there could be a conflict between some of her partners or her and a metamore that Mm. hopefully would get resolved by the end of that book. Or, you know, there's like lots of different themes that you don't have to focus on just one, one specific partner to be able Mm. to focus on a specific theme. I think that makes sense. That's where I would lean. Yeah, which relationships seem more relevant for exploring that particular theme. Just because I would worry about that that yeah, whole yeah. but but like the partners you deal with in each book would be very interrelated so it's not like yeah that's what it's I not assume. like you're trying to tell three different totally separate romance stories yeah, yeah. but but you know yeah. maybe two of the guys are roommates or, or a guy and a girl that are roommates and she starts dating both oh, and then shit. has to like navigate that like are we suspenseful are we a triad or are we a v like what's happening so, so much yeah? suspense oh poly mysteries <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but the question I have, though, that I think would be the one for the discussion group uh-huh. is, um, like, what are some some themes, like, what are some, some things that you wish you did see in, in polyamorous mm. fiction? You know, mm-hmm. like, like, we were having a long conversation, actually, just a couple of days ago about movies and TV shows mm-hmm. specifically, but of trying to think of characters who were... Uh, not just polyamorous, because there's not very many of those, mm-hmm. but characters that are some kind of non-heteronormative yeah, sexuality, sexuality or, right? Or like, gender expression or something. Right. Th- w- that are in a show or a movie where the movie's not about that. Mm-hmm. Like, that that's not the only thing that defines their character. Yeah, yeah. Something we were thinking about. We couldn't really come up with many examples At least of not that. off the top of our head. I know yeah. that on the internet, like, people have compiled, you know, lists right. and databases of these right. things. But, but it is definitely something that's less common. Yeah, so but it kind of falls be... into that trap, is that, like, at least in any mm-hmm. kind of current piece of media or fiction, is that you can't have necessarily a polyamorous character where that's just kind of a piece of trivia about them. Right. That's not, like, the right. main basis of their character. Right. Like we talked about, like, in Scott Pilgrim, his roommate is gay. Mm-hmm. And that's acknowledged, but it's never a it's thing. It's not a thing, his yeah. His roommate never even really dates anyone. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he brings people... Because he brings, like, guys home and stuff like that. But it's, like, not a thing. But it's, it's not, just like, a thing. Like, like, he's still a character on his own. Yeah, yeah. He's just a character who happens to be gay. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's one of the few examples of that. But I think you couldn't do that yet with Polly. Probably because not. Because not enough people... Like, you say gay and everyone goes, yeah, okay, got yeah, it. Yeah. I understand that. 
Polly's not there. Polly's still a discussion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. Awesome. Uh, oh, oh, the one thing I did want to say about that yes. in terms of themes for a Polly book is about in a lot of times in romance, the conflict is the romance itself. Yeah. And I think it would be interesting in content about polyamory, and this I haven't seen yet. It's content where the conflict, like the the resistance or the obstacle, isn't like a struggle with polyamory. Yeah. That it's something else, yeah. you know, that it's something to do with your job. Or this is a suspense series, so maybe it's about the, the mystery case or about the, or freaking, about like, the aliens kind of weird coming. Crack or, operatives. Yeah, yeah, like, something. who the heck knows? Right, but the idea that, like, <laughs> you can still, like, focus on the romance and maybe have some, like, sort of B story arcs that have to do with, like, things in the polyamory relationships, mm-hmm. but that that's, like, the struggle isn't, like, dealing with how weird and different Polly mm-hmm. is. That's mm-hmm. something I would love to see. Yeah. Um, I think there's still... Well, it's kind of, like, most... I feel like that's the narrative that's being told in most, kind of, instances in popular media. Of what? Like, of mostly that when they introduce Polly into a storyline... Right. It tends to be it's about, about, like, the struggle, the struggle to new. get there yeah yeah yeah, Yeah, exactly yeah so i think it'd be interesting to see some things that are not dealing with that aspect Mm -hmm. um or if this is a series maybe she could at first and then moves on from that Mm -hmm. to i don't know who knows (laughs) some thoughts awesome well i hope this is helpful ivy yeah well Uh, ivy we're gonna put this question into our little private facebook discussion group for our special patrons um and see what their thoughts are one of our patrons in the private facebook group uh you can check that out there Mm -hmm. Um, again, if you want to support us, that's Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Multiamory. Uh, and also uh, go check us out on iTunes or Stitcher. Write us a review uh, or you can go to our website, Multiamory.com. Uh, tweet at us on Twitter in, uh, at Multiamory. Email us at info at Multiamory.com. Uh, stay in touch. Let us All know right. what you think. See we you love hearing week. from you guys. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.